1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings uh, that uh, large uh, should uh, not run as fast as Mackay Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder, trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. End zone it's caught! Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately he got the handoff. You know and the q Oh my gosh! Listen,
0: thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At Jet one And we're going to review the film From the Jets' loss To the Kansas City Chiefs With the man who breaks down the film Like nobody's business Over at JetSexFactor.com For the show It's Blitz Mr. Joe Blewett Joe, what's going on buddy?
2: uh nothing really again it's i can repeat the same thing i said the week before and the week before and the week before it's another uh week closer to the end of the season uh evaluating the young guys really couldn't care any less about the the guys who are not going to be on the jets next year but it's uh, it's about the young guys it's about uh looking into free agency with the jets cap space and it's about uh you know imagining who the jets are going to get with uh all these draft picks coming up so it's that that's kind of the fun part the 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 silver lining of this really dark season for the Jets,
0: Joe. You mentioned evaluating the young guys, and some would say that a 23 year old person is young. That 23 year old person that I might be referring to is Sam Darnold. What'd you see from him?
2: Uh, this wasn't his worst game of the season, which isn't saying much because his worst games were pretty damn bad. Uh, it was one of his less bad games. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it was below average, but it's still. Which is obviously not enough for us to not pick who we might be picking. at you know, one, um, but it wasn't terrible. There was definitely some some reps where guys weren't getting open. There was definitely some reps where he had guys in his face, uh, in his face, mostly because of a guy named Alex Lewis, who is absolutely terrible. Um, but then there was also plays where he just missed open guys, and we saw uh, examples of him just being you know trigger shy, which is which is a huge problem. Uh, something you. You know, some quarterbacks just don't get back, which is a huge concern with Darnold, uh, you know, 23 years old, but he also has a ton of starts under his belt. Do you want to see more out of him and and trust his eyes? And uh, two specific examples, I, I forget if the one was uh, to the to – the, I know the right side, and it was an out from the from the number three and then a post-wheel from the number one, too. And it was – I believe it was third and three, third and two, I, I'm pretty sure. And he sees the number three open on the out route, um, for what could have been a first down, uh, there was some pressure in his face that he decides not to pull the trigger. And I think he ends up running into a sack on that play um, or just throwing the ball away. I think that actually for that play, he threw the ball away. So there's an example of some pressure getting into his face where people might stand the broadcast, oh, well, nobody was open, he had to throw the ball away. When you actually looked at the film, there was a guy open on an out route that he was looking that way and either didn't see him or didn't pull the trigger. And there's another example on the left side um, later in the game And that was a third and three Um, and the inside receiver runs a in route. The number one on the outside runs a slant that's stemming outside initially in the drive phase and based on leverage and based on reading that side of the field, because he was only reading those two guys, the number one, the the number two on the in route gets carried by the defensive back or linebacker inside. So you don't have to worry about him. There was nobody you know, robbing it or lurk or anything, and any one of those uh, type of defenses, you know, trying to jump the slant. And then the only guy who was responsible for the slant had outside leverage and was over top of the slant by two, three yards. So Donald should anticipate that with nobody inside and the defender having poor leverage on the slant, you have to trust your receiver and throw the ball. And even if he didn't trust his receiver during the break, he could have evaluated that and threw the ball. But he looks that way. Sees that I'm assuming he sees that and doesn't pull the trigger. Uh, scrambles, runs around in the pocket, takes a sack. So that's still happening. Um, you know, obviously week eight of the season, it's been happening a lot more in other games. But uh, wasn't his worst game, but still not his best game. Like you have to make the plays that are there. Things as simple as pulling the trigger, um, half field reads. There's there's reads where it's not even okay. You know, one to two and then three to four on the opposite side of the field. It's half field. reads that he's not executing. Um, and simple concepts where, you know, you, you have an and in a, and a, and a, uh, and a slant route where it's just a shorter, uh, stretch type, you know, concept you're stretching out to the inside of the defense and he um, or the intermediate level of the defense and he just can't process it. And that's a major issue because these are, again, it's not, it's not a very complex type thing that he's doing, uh. And there's a play later in the game, too, or there's a deep over route from the right side of the field. I believe it was the field side. Uh, I figured the contact ball to the left, but he sees Jeff Smith open. Jeff Smith uh, notices towards the sideline that there's a defensive back kind of kind of squatting there, but he's going to curl the flat. And um, Jeff Smith kind of looks at Darnold and anticipates that Darnold's going to throw it um, a little bit on to Jeff Smith because Jeff Smith doesn't want to run into the guy who's going to curl the flat. So Jeff Smith anticipates that Darnold's going to throw the ball Again, almost behind him or on him, instead of leading him to the defender. And Darnold leads into the defender, and the ball is almost picked off. So um, there's a lot of things that he's still doing wrong. Yet. And even though this wasn't his worst game, uh, it's still not a good enough game to kind of uh, take us off of that off, off, off of that uh, Trevor train right now. So uh, still wasn't pretty. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Let's talk about some more young players, Joe. Namely, Mekhi Becton and Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims had one outstanding catch where he had to contort his body, but didn't get a lot of targets. And Mekhi Becton wasn't his best game in pass protection, but I thought he was still pretty good. Talk to me about those guys and the rest of the weapons on offense and the offensive line, and let's not dwell too much on Christopher Herndon because, my goodness.
2: So, Becton, again, I think I think last week was probably his, his worst week, and his worst week is still him being, you know, average to maybe even slightly above average, which is fine. I think this week, too, he was all right, but he, he wasn't great. Um, that one highlight play, again, I'm a little bit of a contrarian. I think you know that, Scott. And that one play that everybody's putting up of of him throwing Frank Clark was actually like 20% him and 80% Alex Lewis. Like Frank Clark was actually anchoring down versus Beckton and Beckton didn't really even do the best job of of getting his hips under the block. It was kind of just upper body, and Clark was going to anchor down versus Beckton and uh, and Lewis just caught him at a good time. So everybody's hyping up Becton for that play, but it was really Lewis. So I, I see that stuff. Like, what are they? Like, and and I, I get the the casual fans doing this, but I see like people who are supposed to be respected um, saying, you know, hyping up that, that play. So people aren't really fair in their evaluation. And again, I'm not killing Becton at all. So do not get me wrong on that and don't think I'm a Becton hater because I love, and I cannot be happier with how Becton's playing, but I definitely just want people to be fair in their evaluation. It's kind of frustrating to see, to be completely honest with you. Um, And Becton, again, played, played solidly this game, you know, above average, but this was not his best game. You know that you know the, the Niners game, some of those other games earlier in the season, the Colts game were really, really, really good. Even the Bills game, his first game, was awesome. Uh, but these last two games, um, just just like just above average, uh, solid, but but not what we were seeing. And I think it's a part of the injury, um, and it could be a part of the rookie highs and lows. And listen, to the beginning of the season, Scott, like we said, we would be happy with him being average this season because of how high we thought his highs would be, but also how low we thought his lows would be. And his if his lows right now are him being above average, that's freaking fantastic. So, don't think I'm killing him because I think he's gonna be, and I think he might already be a top ten left tackle in the league, which is which is you know fantastic. But um, yeah, this game he had he had a couple of wolves you know, um, but overall still uh, pretty damn good. Uh, Mims, again, you know, if if he was targeted in the in the first uh, in the second half like he was in the first half. Maybe he could have, you know, 150 yards through two games, but unfortunately he just gets uh, targeted in the first half, which I do not understand. And, uh, again, I I think for his usage, I think he's being used a little bit too much in the slot. And there's also some times where Adam Gates is um, sending, you know, Jeff Smith on vertical routes where he should be sending uh, a guy named Denzel Mims. You know, I don't get Jeff Smith on on -on one-on-one deep shots. Again, when you have Denzel Mims, who was, one of the best contested uh, ball catchers in college football last year and even the year before that. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me there. Uh, But overall, when he is getting targeted, uh, obviously we saw the body contortion. We see the body control uh, in that catch that he had. We also saw um, a little bit of him pushing off of the the cornerback and not in a bad way, in a good, smart, veteran, savvy way, where it didn't look like it was uh, like it happened um on the broadcast view when it's happening quickly but you go back and watch the film and he actually did push off a little bit which is a great thing him knowing how to use his hands um his route running i there was another example scott i remember doing his breakdown with you where i talked about how how sharp one of his breaks were with bad technique and i saw another example of that again uh deep right of a sideline i believe it was a i believe it was a comeback and you know he doesn't throw himself into a stop step he's losing a little bit out of his break um, some, some bad route running in terms of his technique, but he still got out of his break pretty quickly, which is a nice route that he ran. Um, overall, I would like to see him be, um, a little bit more, uh, when he's crossing guys face, I want to see him be a little bit more ready for the hands. I also want to see, um, a little bit more finesse in his route running at times because we see some of those routes off the line of scrimmage where he's trying to get a little bit too physical with guys where, you know, it's not, it's, it's you're not playing at Baylor anymore, so you can't just get physical NFL DBs because they they a lot of them are going to be able to match your strength, um, or some of them because he's a pretty strong guy. Um, so overall, there are some improvements I want to see from him. But overall, first two games, no training camp, you know, no first six weeks of the season or yes, the first six weeks of the season, uh, you have to be happy with happy you have to be happy with them for sure. And again, this is in a bad offense with bad coaching again, who are taking get, get, uh, you know uh, deep shots to an undrafted. Uh, free agent quarterback in, in college and Jeff Smith instead of Denzel Mims, which doesn't make any sense to me. So he was a positive. Um, Jeff Smith was a huge negative. Terrible route running. Uh, had a, I believe they had a drop. The 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 one slant that he ran where Darnold threw it inside, which again is another bad Darnold play. Um, where I, I I pointed that out. People were like, oh well, you know Darnold, uh, you know Jeff Smith stopped running the route and, and the ball was sent to the line went back ball wasn't tipped to the line and again based on the DB's leverage he should not throw that ball he forced it almost an interception DB dropped it, Jeff Smith ran an absolutely terrible route, um, instead of you know, breaking, driving across the guy's face and defeating the hands he broke and then kind of went to get physical with the guy instead of crossing his face which makes no sense on a slant route maybe on a comeback, uh, maybe on a fade you want to get physical but didn't really make a lot of sense there um, especially when he had room to cross the guy's face so he was bad uh, Barrios was bad and, and this is relative to ex- Well, this is not relative to expectations If you're expecting Barrios to be a starter Then, yeah, it was a bad game But, again, he's a fifth-sixth guy on a team Like, let's be honest So, um, for, that, for that depth guy, I think he's been playing okay But uh, the fact that, you know, the just get into the green zone As I call it, the 40 and in And this is a part of coaching And those three calls are literally a, a screen to Barrios What kind of screen it was But a screen to Barrios goes for negative two Second and 12, deep shot to Jeff Smith. Third and 12, (laughs) screen to to Barrios. Like, what are we doing here? Um, So those two guys disappointed. Uh, Other than that, from the receiver quarter, there really wasn't much else. Chris uh, Herndon is is awful, is absolutely terrible. Um, And this is something that I got, you know, people contested a little bit with me when I said it. Um, But I said after his rookie year, I thought he was being a little bit overhyped. I thought his rookie year was okay but he was running wide open a lot of the times. And, he you know, he made some nice adjustments to the ball. He had a nice catch versus the Packers game. But it's all about consistency for me on a snap-by-snap on snap basis, not just, a, you know, two highlight plays a game or one highlight play a game that I'm impressed with. Um, so, you know, I wasn't expecting as much as some other people were coming into the season, but I was still expecting more than him to be one of the worst tight ends in the NFL. Every time he, get, he gets targeted, he, catches, he catches the ball and fumbles it or he drops the ball. You know, the Niners drop, uh, the fumble versus the Bills. This is another situation where, you know, he did a good job um, chipping and, and releasing for a screen, catches the ball, and then he, he just has terrible technique in terms of running with the ball. Uh, you know, if you're coming, and this is stuff you learn in Wee. if you're coming into a crowd or even if you're coming into a tackler, you want to get two hands in the ball, you know, two arms in the ball. You want to cradle that ball tight into your chest, tight into your, your midsection area. And he uses the ball, the, the form he's carrying the ball in, as like that buffer zone where he'll stick the ball out with his form to, to kind of break, not, not break the tackle, but absorb the, the blow of the tackle. That's like the last thing you want to do when you're taking on a tackle because now the ball is not tight to your body, and obviously the ball can pop out a lot easier. So his like basic fundamentals on running with the ball after the catch are absolutely terrible. His hand technique on catching the ball is brutal it's not just concentration jobs. It's not just, Oh, he's looking, um, he's looking to run before he secures the ball, which are both true um, as well. But his, his hand technique is awful. Like you, there's a way you have to catch a ball. Um, you're, you know, you want to have to put your hands, you know, your, your, your two index fingers, your pointers put together your thumbs uh, connected and make that like that diamond. And that's how you want to ideally catch a ball, catch the nose of the ball. Um, so it doesn't squirt through where, where, Herndon catches the ball, and one hand is, like, is sideways, and another one's, like, like like straight out. Like, I can't even like – it's hard to describe it. But his hands are so far apart and not even, you know, not even in a position where they could clap together on the ball. Like, he is terrible from a very basic level of football. It's not just a few unlucky plays. It's not anything. It's, it's, it's just all around really bad. Um, other than that, skill position-wise, Perrine – Listen, like he, he's been a little bit disappointed to me, to be honest. Uh, I saw a little bit more. I thought I would see a little bit more. And again, you know, he's a rookie. He has time to develop, um, you know, no training camp, no preseason. So I'm expecting him to develop a little bit more, but doesn't really break a lot of tackles, which we kind of expected, but his vision has been worse than it was, worse than I expected. Um, I remember, a, a, you know, one play specifically where they're running to the left. I, I think it's a tight zone inside zone. Um, and or, no, I think it's actually to the right. Sorry, it was to the right. It was the inside tight zone to the right. Um, no, actually, it was to the left, Scott. Sounds true. I'm screwing up. So, it was to the left, and he, there's a, there's a, it's a split zone. So, from the left side of the formation, there's a tight end just sifting, working underneath the, the formation. I call it sifting. Um, and there's a linebacker who carries him, and he reads that linebacker as a line, and he thinks the linebacker is going to fill the hole when, based on his hips and based on his, momentum he was clearly following the tight end and man coverage he doesn't notice that he cut he, he bends the run back he cuts the run back right into traffic where it was the third and two right before he picked up that fourth and one where they where they ran that gap play right off of Beckton's ass where he picked it up um, great job by Beckton on that play but he he cut in the wrong hole because he didn't do a good job of reading the linebacker and what he was doing so uh he put the just in that position to be in fourth and one where he should have easily picked up three four yards in that play um, so he's been struggling a little bit. Uh, Gore had a, a, f- a few nice runs. He's been he's been like you know decently consistent with the Jets. I thought the first couple of weeks his vision was was lacking, but overall um, I think he's been taking advantage of the Jets' run blocking, which has been better definitely this year, um, and getting you know some five, six, seven yard gains. Now if I am going into the offensive line, uh, Fant, definitely a positive game. I thought he did a. a he, he definitely needs to change up his sets where he, he does way too many 45-degree sets, which, again, if you're just listening to this and you don't follow my show, you're not even really know too much what I'm talking about. But if you do want to go follow, that's what I'm here to describe. But he takes too many 45-degree sets. Uh, but overall, this game was really good, really, really good patience with the hands. A lot of the Chiefs players um, like to jump into that cross chop and, and then throw a rip and bend the, bend the edge. Uh, Frank Clark does that a lot, so do some of the other guys. Um, and Santa did a nice job being patient with his hands. Um, waiting for them to uh, throw that cross chop and then landing into their chest and really catching them. So he did a really, really nice job this game. Uh, Van Roten, again, another good game the first couple of games of the season. He was definitely disappointing. Uh, looking at his film with the Panthers, I came on, I believe I came on here and said I think he could be a below average to decent guard with the Jets, which is better than what, than what they had the last couple of years. First couple of weeks didn't look like I, I predicted that well, but now the last couple of weeks, um, looks like he's rounding into that into that form, so the positive to see. He did a, he did a uh, really, really good job on, on one block where they designed the center and the, and the right guard to be pulled to the left, and then a linebacker um, to kind of delay blitz into that, in, into that B gap. And uh, Van Rode did a really, really nice job keeping his eyes up, um, shoving one of the linebackers um, away from him, and then picking up that late, uh, you know, kind of looping in uh, delayed blitz from another linebacker. So that was a fantastic play. So I was really happy with how he played this game. Uh, McGovern, uh, struggled, you know, a little bit. He, he gave up, he gave up one sack that was one on one. Um, but overall, I'm going to assume that a lot of the, like, PFFs and stuff labeled him with a few things that they shouldn't have, where Lewis got absolutely demolished on a couple of stunts that, listen, if a guy's gonna stun, if he's gonna, if he's gonna pick, um, if he's going to be that penetrator, yes, uh, McGovern has to pick him up. But there's also a certain expectation on Lewis to be able to pass that off properly to McGovern, at least get hands on. And and uh, Lewis just did such a bad job of, of shooting with his inside hand on Chris Jones um, and not putting himself in the correct position with his hips. And we're just getting destroyed across his face multiple times where uh, McGovern didn't have the opportunity to get in front of Chris Jones because of based on how the defense was aligned. So um, McGovern wasn't great, but he was he was okay. But I'm going to assume a lot of those people put some stuff on him that shouldn't have been. Uh, now moving over to the left guard, uh, like I just described, uh, Lewis was absolutely dreadful. Uh, and then we talked about back then a little bit. You know, solid, but not his, his best overall game. Um, again, there's a little bit too much – of uh, the reaching for contact, which I think he needs to clean up a little bit. Too much of his hands coming uh, or shooting a little bit too high. You're seeing a lot with the hands shooting high, and then guys forklifting him, uh, coming underneath those elbows and-, and lifting them upwards because he doesn't have a lot of surface area that he- that he's getting- connecting with. But those hands are too high. Um, so I want to see that fixed. We saw that a couple times this game. Uh, again, reaching for contact a little bit too much. He got defeated on those. Again. Like, I know you do some type of martial art or you used to, or boxing or whatever you did. But again, it, you know, do you have more time to anticipate a really long wind up punch or an uppercut from from six inches away, you know? So mm-hmm. that's kind of like the boxing analogy. Like, he's reaching a little bit too much, and guys are able to anticipate it. So, even though he has power, they're able to see those punches from far away and leaning into him instead of him being in more condensed areas and punching with proper timing. Um, so, you know, again, those are things he needs to work on. I don't, you know, Beckton's the best player on the Jets right now. Well, actually, it's probably Quinn Williams, realistically, than Beckett. Um, if we're being you know fair, but Beckett's amazing. So I know people are gonna like hate me for saying, oh my God, this is what he needs to fix. But yes, he needs to fix something. You know, everybody can fix something. So again, he's been fantastic. I want to reiterate that, but there are some things he needs to clean up. Um, but that's about it for the offense.
0: Just to confirm, the wider and loopier your punches are, the less you're going to have on them and the more you're going to leave yourself vulnerable to a counterattack. So that's exactly what you're talking about. Let's talk a little defense. Front seven, Joe, it was the same old story. John Franklin Myers and Quinton Williams good. Everybody else? eh?
2: Yeah, so as far as the front seven, yeah, Jordan Jenkins. Um, has been, he's, his awareness is something that's a little bit overlooked, um, in terms of him the last couple of years. Uh, some run stuffing duties, he was, he was good. Uh, pass rushing, he was improving on his awareness on read options has always been pretty bad, in my opinion. Uh, this year it's been exemplified. So, saw a little bit of that. Uh, Basham didn't have the best game. Uh, he was pretty quiet and the one, uh, was it a jet sweep to Hardman? Uh, the first touchdown of the game, he did a really, really bad job of recognizing that. Uh, really, really bad with his eyes um, where, you know, in terms of his reason, what they should have been. Uh, so he got, you know, just stuck in no man's land on that play. Uh, Fado Kassi had a little bit better of a game. He showed up. I, I like I like Fado Kassi helped John Mars and, and Quinn Williams moving, moving into the future. Uh, Shepard was absent again, but yeah, Fado Kassi, just in terms of like his broad strength, um, is, was pretty impressive this game. Had a couple of uh, run stuff tackle for losses. Uh, Quinn Williams again for a guy who sucks so bad, and you know should get, get traded for a second-round pick. Again, had a pretty impactful game. <laughs> uh, again, minus a, a, a personal foul or two, which were really ticky-tacky in my opinion. Again, I will I'm try to be fair. Again, I'm criticizing Beckton and people probably hate me for it, but um, you know I'll, I'll be fair in terms of Quinn Williams and his penalties. I thought a lot of them were crap. Uh, so he's been playing really well. Sniffed out another screen, uh, tackle for loss on that. He had a. You know, it, it was it a sack on on Mahomes on that play where Mahomes had his you know might have had his knee down. It was so close that I'm not going to go crazy. You know, obviously Jets fans are going to be biased and say it was, but it's it, it's a bang bang play. You know, whatever they called in the field, they were stuck with there unless they had a quicker frame than I did, which I'm assuming they do. there in the NFL, uh, but regardless, I uh, destroyed the the left guard on that. I believe it was with a double swipe in, into a rip. So they did a really good job defeating that that came in, punch on that elbow. Uh, so. Good job on him doing, uh, getting there. And again, we talk about it so much with him. The situation he's in, it's not conducive to him getting a ton of stats. And he still is getting those stats, where a lot of these statistical type people, not not not, I'm talking about PFF and all these other people, have him at like you know the second best run-stuffing D tackle in the league, and the and the sixth most effective edge or uh, defensive tackle from rushing in the league. Now, again, now a new coach comes in next year. You know, now he's coaching to more penetrating. Now it's going to lead to more stats. Now you compile that with getting an edge rusher, and now these guys can't just scramble and have to step up to the pocket. That's more stats. Now if you get a corner or two or a safety can cover, now, you know, there's times where he, you know, last with the Dolphins bull rushed Eric Flowers, got to the quarterback, but he threw it away. Uh, Plenty of times this year where he's getting to the quarterback, but they're throwing it away um, as soon as they, you know, the bomb's going to drop because there's nobody to cover. So you get a better corner or two, boom now you have even more staff, you know, like, so you have to look at every situation uh, fairly. Like, it's not just, Oh, you know, this is a problem with stats because, you know, a guy like, let's, you know, who, whoever, you know, let's just, and I'm not going to say Aaron Donald, because people, I don't even like making that comparison. Let's just say Chris Jones. Well, Chris, well, Chris Jones has a better defense around him. He has the Frank Clarks, you know, maybe he has a little bit of a second, or he does, he does have a better secondary. So He's going to be able to get some more more stats because the focus is not on him and they can cover for longer and he's penetrating more. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Quinn Williams. Uh, he's definitely rounding out from what we think he would be. And again, he's 22 years old, second year with nothing around him. He's going to continue to get better. So you have to be really excited for him. Uh, John Franklin Myers had another good game. Really, really good run stuff. Um, I believe he was on third and two against Le'Veon Bell and he just crossed the face of the right guard double swipe. Uh, showed some of that really good power that he had, and, and just uh, just completely you know destroyed Le'Veon Bell in terms of just picking him up as soon as he came to the mesh point. So good job by him. Uh, Huff played, I believe, his highest percent of snaps this game. I believe it was like, like 70% ish, um, and he didn't really make an impact. So a little bit disappointing from him. But again, this is an undrafted rookie who's actually making an impact. So yeah, he had a one quiet game. You can't go crazy overall. he's something be really you know impressed with him. So uh, that's about it. From the front seven, um, I believe. Oh, well, if we're talking about the linebackers too. Uh, Hewitt, but like he's a decent, ba- he's a backup. He, he's a, that's what he is. He's a he's a run-stuffing type backup player who will lay a spell on some somebody. But in terms of coverage, not good. Avery uh, Williamson is not good either. Uh, and the problem with a lot of the linebackers too with their coverage grades is, and I've talked about it a lot with the spot dropping from Greg Williams is. He's not putting, whether it be defensive backs, whether it be Poole, whether it be Hewitt, whether it be Avery Williamson, whoever's dropping into that intermediate, uh, into those intermediate zones, he's not giving them the ability to read two to one, three to two, all that spot, you know, the, the pattern matching that I talk about. He's not giving them that ability. So their coverage numbers might look worse than they actually are. Um, but overall, Avery Williamson didn't do a good job this game in terms of coverage, uh, neither did Hewitt, um, especially with the speed that the, the Chiefs have. So. Uh, that's about it. But again, just you have to be fair with the situations where, yes, they're not good coverage linebackers. I thought Avery Williamson is a decent coverage linebacker a couple of years ago, but uh, consistent spot dropping is not going to help anybody's, you know, uh, coverage grades. So,
0: in the secondary, speaking of coverage, I don't think there was anything in particular that would resemble good coverage. Pierre to Sear, same old story. As I like to say, the best thing you could say about him is that at least he's not Tremaine Johnson. The Chiefs had their way in the passing yeah. game. What did you see?
2: Yeah, um, and we get to do a show last week too, and like everybody like hyped up. I'll start with Marcus May. People hyped up Marcus May uh, last, like the last two weeks. Last week there was a play where he was clearly beat, uh, where his eyes weren't proper. Where if, if John, I, I, yeah, it was the Bills last week, right? So There's a uh, you know Josh Allen could have thrown a post and it would have been May's fault this this game again uh, there was a shorter route concept to the defenses right side and um, he got stuck a little bit too long on it where he opened his hips up to that right side and he was late to read the left side because he was the, I, I forget if it, I, I think he was I think it was deep he was a deep middle I forget if it was cover one or, or cover three but regardless he has to read um, you know both sides of the field and if you are reading you know to the <clears throat> excuse me, the, the right side to the left side, if the right side is going to have shorter route concepts, so you don't have to worry about that because it's not your responsibility. Your eyes have to flash to the left, so you have to put yourself uh, in a position where you can play both sides, and he got stuck a little bit too long on the right for whatever reason, open his hips up to it, and then a, a, uh, a, I think it was a slot receiver beat pool or had leverage on pool on a, on a post or a seam route, and May was late to recognize it, and Mahomes just overthrew the guy. So that could have been a post a touchdown that was on him too. So uh, don't buy too much into the May hype in terms of his numbers right now because, you know, getting, being, getting beat for two touchdowns in two games, if that were to happen, wouldn't be a positive. thing with uh, Poole, um, so I, I like Poole. But for the people who think he's, like, one of the best slot receivers in, in the NFL, um, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think he's solid, you know, decent. But, listen, when you're going against guys like Pierre DeSteer and Bless Austin and Poole, like, it's like, you ever hear the, the analogy, like, you know, uh, when you're running away from a bear with your friends, you don't have to be the fastest, but you just can't be the slowest type deal, you know? So Poole has been, you know, decent. But again, overall, like, he, he's beat on that plan. I, th- I think he's the lesser of the three eagles with those guys. Uh, Bless Austin was terrible, again, in my opinion. Um, he has not been good this year. Last week, he was beat for, you know, uh, two touchdowns, but one was called back because of illegal legal formation. Um where uh, the one who was pump fake forward let a guy get behind him. Uh, another play, you know, deep on the sideline where Knox like tripped and, and fell. That was his fault too, being a little bit too aggressive to jump the flat. And uh, then he got beat for a touchdown by Gabe Davis. I forgot exactly what happened there. And then you have this week where um, he got beat, I believe, for two touchdowns ag- again. Um, yeah, it was, it was two touchdowns. I forgot exactly what happened with those plays. Um, but again, not good. His tackling's bad. He throws his shoulders um, into guys. He ducks his head. He doesn't try to wrap up. Way too aggressive in coverage. Uh, opens his hips up way too soon. Um, gets roasted that way. So he was not good. This year has been playing a little bit better than he did to start of the season. But yeah, he did give up a third and 14 because he opened his hips up too soon. But again, he's not Tremaine Johnson. So that's a positive. And then you have Ashton Davis, who, again, being fair, uh, watch the tape with Marcus Coleman. We thought he, he was a more of a developmental, you know, raw prospect. And, um, that's kind of what he's, what he's been. Uh, this was his first game with significant snaps and we saw, play, you know, a nice player too. The, the one play where they, you know, Eric was cap, uh, Kelsey where he was, he was a man covered in Kelsey about 15 yards off. Um, did a nice job staying square. While, uh, you know, Kelsey was, was stemming or in his drive phase uh, before he broke to the outside on a corner route. He did a good job staying square and then broke on the corner route, uh, cut off Kelsey, and the ball was overthrown. He did a really good, good job playing that. Uh, but then he had two, you know, hugely negative plays where, you know, the, the one, uh, the jet sweep to Michael uh, Hardman. He, he had a decent job you know, getting outside leverage because, again, you know, the pursuit comes from the, from the inside, so you want to have outside leverage. But guess what? When you have outside leverage, you also have to close down um, on the receiver or on the whoever who is running the ball. So you can't get outside leverage. You can't just get flat-footed. So he gets outside leverage, gets flat-footed, gets ran right by, where, again, at a certain point during that play, he needed to close ground and attempt to make the tackle. Doesn't do that. Guy runs right by him for, for a touchdown, which, again, you know, one of the biggest responsibilities of the safety is being able to tackle the open field because you are that last line of defense in both the run and the pass game. So you did not do a good job with that. And then another play, cover two. You have Tyree Killen on a on a, uh, on a corner post. He bites too hard in the corner um, where he needs to recognize that his his uh, cloud corner and a curl the flat has underneath leverage and was and was g- gaining depth because the number two I believe cut you know inside. So the the, the cloud corner has the underneath. So you have to um, trust him to get, you know, gain depth on that route. He jumps way too hard on the, on the corner part of the route, um, you know, and then gets completely burned on on the post. And especially a team with the Chiefs, especially starting their film, especially knowing it's Tyreek Hill Now, fast he is, you have to play a little bit more conservatively. Listen, if if Tyree Kill's gonna beat you 10, 15 yards, 20 yards down the field, on a on a corner route then you know it it is what it is you live to play another down you you know and and at that point it's almost more of your corner's fault but you can't sell out and get deep he sells out uh gets roasted um on that on that post part of the pattern and lets up a touchdown So, so two touchdowns he was largely responsible for um that's not a positive obviously but again this is relative to expectations i use that phrase a lot my expectations weren't you know, super high on him because I saw how raw he was in, in Cal and then you, you know, people come out during uh, the training camp that they did have and oh my god, you had to pick this practice, you had to pick that practice. Again, I don't look into that stuff because I don't know what the situation was. Was it a bad read by the corner by the quarterback? Was he just standing there with a mic nice just throwing the ball? You know, so you can't get too hyped about that stuff. So I wasn't buying into it too much. But again, he's raw. He's going to take time to develop. So I'm not very disappointed that he got beat up a little bit versus the best team um, in the NFL. So that's the, the, of the, of the uh of the
0: secondary. Not a pretty picture to paint, Joe. But then again, the Jets were playing the Chiefs and we never really expected a pretty picture. So that's pretty much what we were expecting all along. And if you were somebody that was betting on this game, you certainly would have been betting on that outcome. Just like you might bet... On this week's outcome between the Jets and the Patriots Although I think this one is obviously a lot different Because there's a real chance the Jets can be competitive Whereas nobody expected them to be competitive against the Chiefs Lots of stuff you can bet on too Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island 2020 has provided you with tons of things that you could bet on Get some skin in the game with MyBookie where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await you all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, no better time to feast on NFL action. You can bet on college games, too. Full slate of them coming up. Make the right play and sign up at MyBookie. When you do, use the promo code Overtime to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. Terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they match you 100 in your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is basically free betting money. Remember, it's all available at MyBookie. Just use the promo code OVERTIME when you sign up. Joe Blewett, breaking down the film over at Blewett's Blitz for JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. You've got plenty of film up there. I know you even did a YouTube live with Kyle Smith, which is always fun because I love listening to both of you guys talk about film. Talk to me about that when your next one's going to be and what you've got over at com right now.
2: Yeah. Speaking of betting, by the way, I, I bet on the Jets to lose not 19 to 25. And I put like 20 on it for a good chunk of change. And of course they lose by 26. So <laughs> hopefully I make better this week. Uh, just uh, of, of course, just one freaking point. Um, but, uh, yeah, plenty of stuff um, coming up uh, the, the YouTube Live with Kyle Smith. I do that every single first Monday of the month to interact with the fans a little bit more and the people who listen because obviously I don't really interact a lot on a call-in show uh, typically because I just want to get into the film. But uh, for that YouTube Live, the 15th, so the, so the Sunday that the Jets do not play because of their bye week, uh, I'm doing a YouTube Live at 4 o'clock with Marcus Coleman. So uh, again, for people who don't know that who were born, you know, just yesterday. Um, former NFL DB, 11 years in the league. So uh, if you want to jump on the YouTube live and, and go on YouTube and, and ask questions, I'll ask some questions. You can ask them. What's your what's your biggest hit of your career? Who's the scariest quarterback you ever played against? For everyone, I ask them. It's been pretty fun to do a YouTube live with a former uh, NFL DB who I, I you know who's, a, who's I consider a buddy of mine at this point. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then every single week you have the you have the film breakdowns on, on for me as well, and the Twitter is is some of the, the film threads, and then some of the the drunken opinions on, on game day at times where I go back like yeah maybe I should delete that. Uh, so you can follow me all those places. Short sure, B31 on Twitter, and again, uh, definitely make sure to check out that YouTube live next week. That's going to be pretty fun, I think.
0: Make sure you check out the YouTube live and everything that Joe's doing over at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.